Welcome to the Money and Meaning Show. I'm your host, Kenei Corder, National Certified Counselor and the world's number one clinical financial hypnotherapist. Each week, I'll share with you the research I'm uncovering as I chronicle the search for meaning over money. My interviews, tips, and resources will help you determine what you need to get the most out of your practice and your life. Because life is about more than money. It's about meaning. So let's get into today's show. Hey there, my prosperity pros. It's time for another episode of the Money and Meaning Podcast. So glad that you are here because I'm going to help you determine the formula that makes up you. I call it the you formula. What's it all about? Well, break it down and make it a little simple, I think. It is mostly about the day-to-day or the activity that makes up you. You know how they say you are what you eat? Well, I like to say you are what you do. I mean, how you eat is part of that. How you work, you play, all of that. We'll go deeper in love later, but... I'm just saying you are what you do. So what you put your focus on is what you will likely create in your life. So let's say, for instance, you are doing so much work, like you are, let's say, 60 hours of your week go towards your work. Oh, my gosh, that's a lot. And some of you are like 60, can I please? It's like 80. Oh, my goodness. That's a heck of a lot. I was going to say something else, but... You know what I mean? That's a lot. Because if you are working, let's say, 60 hours a week, then, I mean, a good portion of your life, probably close to 40% of your life. And right now, when you say it in percentages, that probably doesn't mean that much. But if you think about it, and you if you sleep, let's just say six, thought I'm not even going to give you the eight. If you sleep six hours, that's probably close to 30. So between sleep and work, 70% of your life is gone, maybe more. And that leaves 30% for you to do everything else. Yes, everything else. And that's not a lot of time. You know this. So I'm going to walk you through this exercise that we call the U formula. And I should have like a downloadable sheet for you to just write it on, but I don't. (laughs) And if I try to stop and do it, I have it, but it's outdated. And I'll see if I can have Terry put it in the show notes. But I really think you can just put this together yourself. You really don't need a downloadable thing. You'll just write this down on a piece of paper. It's super simple and it's pretty black and white because what I like about it is my men. Men love this exercise because it puts everything in perspective, like things that they weren't thinking of, they get to see by looking at this U formula. And I remember one of the first times, like I've been doing this U formula since I wrote the book, The Art of Starting Over. I created this, I want to say 2012 is when I created this and I delivered a talk to a group of entrepreneurs, mostly men at the country club that I was affiliated with back in that time in Atlanta. And so when I did this exercise, a lot of the men were like, whoa, whoa, I didn't realize that's what I, whoa, was I doing that? 
oh my goodness, it's because it's just like really in black and white. So you get to see it and, and it's not even me telling you. So it's different when like I'm your therapist and I'm saying, hey, this is what I see. And based on what you said, this is, you know, my analysis. It's not even that. It's your own analysis. It's in black and white. It's on paper. You did the numbers. Wow. You just get good insight into yourself on a activity basis or level. This is really good for my working moms like moms that run businesses because I find that moms are always feeling guilty. You know, talk about that guilt, the greed, the burnout. Moms are feeling guilty and burnout a lot of times because they think they're not giving enough to one side or the other. Maybe they think they're not giving enough to their family and they might be. Maybe they think they're not giving enough to their work and they might be. But if you don't see it, then you won't believe it. And the reason why I like this, I like it for different reasons. Like I said, for women, you're seeing, wow, I'm doing a lot more than I thought I was. And for men, men are usually saying, oh, I thought I was spending more time with my wife. Looks like I'm not so glad I did this U formula so I can actually spend more time with her. I like the lady. So, and now I understand why she complains so much. That's why I like it. Men see something in it. Women see something in it. And I haven't done it as much with my teenagers, but that is a really good thing. I will start to do that more with my teenagers because I don't think they're as conscious to their time because teenagers are so very present. We can learn a lot from our teenagers. I wish we did. I wish we spent more time learning from them rather than trying to teach them something. I wish we did because they are so present. They're so present. They are so very in the present moment. They're not very future. They are not very past. Now, when they are, it's because we've imposed that on them and it usually creates a bunch of anxiety for them or depression for them. So I say, if you want to keep your teenagers away from anxiety and depression, allow them to be present focus. But if you're asking them to, you know, meet you in the future, like, what are you going to do? You know, this or that kind of question, like, what are you going to do in the future? They find it hard to answer that. Keep going back to the past, reminding them of something they did last year or something like that. It's like they never feel like they can measure up to you especially because I'm usually talking to high achievers. So I'm often telling this to high achievers because their teenage children are trying to find their way in the world. Anyway, I digress. That was me being preachy because I've been getting a lot of calls from parents about their teenagers, whether for to for me to work with them or just from my friends. And my teenagers are losing confidence. This is the time when they lose confidence. And it might have happened earlier. It could have happened at six years old or in third grade or, you know, the time that that kid teased them in fifth grade or all of that contributed to the confidence high school that those teenage years is when they really go away. And if we can teach our kids to get some control of their confidence, of their own decision making, this U formula, we do this U formula because of all the stuff that happened to us in childhood. If we didn't have that trauma in our lives, we probably would be living our lives differently. Oh, how I wish I could like just grab up a bunch of teenagers and give them the confidence they need so that they're not always trying to please others. So they're not burning out trying to please others, right? So they're not looking at the outside world to get answers. They are so clear in their decision-making because they they weren't told, do as I say, they were told how to do the thing that was best for them. 
And there's so many different, just going to leave it there and rewind myself back to the U formula because the U formula, although I'm saying right now in this moment, would be good for teenagers to keep them on the path to prosperity so they never have to get off of it like we did. But if you're an adult right now listening to this and you don't know your the formula that makes up you, if you think, oh, I do spend time with my family and you do this formula and you realize, oh, wait, I don't spend very much time with my family. The next step we're going to ask you is to make some changes. What are you going to be willing to change? That's all I want to say about that. And I want to get started. All right. So let's get started. Let's like really get into this. First thing I want you to do is grab notepad, piece of paper. I know unless I was able to find the worksheet and you can just download it. But because this is a pretty, this is an older exercise, but it's classic. It is timeless. So go ahead and grab a piece of paper. No, you can pause me if you need to. If you're driving, just listen and then come back and listen again and do this with me. You can skip the first 10 minutes where I explain why you need to do this because you probably already know why you need to do this. All right. Now we're here. You got your piece of paper, pencil, of course, a pen. I want you to write 168 at the top of that page. That's a really important number. That is the number of hours you have each week. You probably already knew that, right? Seven days, 24 hours in each day, 168. So there's 168 hours in each week. I'm wondering how you spend your 168 hours. Now, I want you to just think about that and you can answer it. Maybe write down how you spend it. And I want you to say it in order. Where do you spend the most time? Just write down whatever you think. Maybe you say you spend the most time at work. Maybe you're clear on that. Maybe that, you know, you say, oh, I spend a lot of time eating. I feel like I'm just always eating or cooking, preparing food. That's kind of my story. <laughs> yeah, because I cook pretty much every meal I eat. I don't really like to eat out. But Jason does. So we eat out probably twice a week. But other than that, I am cooking. When I say twice a week, I just mean two meals out of the week. And the rest of the time, breakfast, lunch and dinner, I'm cooking. So I spend a lot of time cooking. What about you? Yeah. Or maybe you spend a lot of time hanging out with friends. I don't know. Hopefully I wish I could say I did that more than I, than I actually do. Maybe you spend time with family. Maybe you spend time sleeping. Maybe you spend time at the gym working out, whatever it is, write it down. So just write out the list of things because I just want you to be conscious of the activity you have going on in your life. Okay, now that you've done that, I want you to just first take sleep. How many hours a night are you sleeping? Now, personally, I need seven. Sometimes I can get away with six. And every once in a while, like around like daylight savings times or when the weather changes, eight is what my body will want and need. And so I fluctuate, but I like to use seven as my example, because most likely that is the time frame that I'm going to spend sleeping. So what about you? How many hours do you spend sleeping? And so if you're like me and seven hours times seven, would be 49. So if you spend 49, 49 hours a week sleep, you're going to divide that by 168. So take that 49 hours, divide it by 168. 
and you'll get about 20.29. So 29%. And I like to just round it up because it's, it's likely that somewhere in there, I slept a little longer than seven hours of sleep. So I'll just round it up to 30. So 30% of my week went to sleep. <laughs> wow. Yeah, right? Pretty much the same thing with my day. 30% of my day goes to sleep. All right, so you have that down. Now, what do you say? What would you say you did most of? Maybe it's work. And maybe you're thinking, well, today I don't work seven days a week. That's cool. How many days do you work? Oh, okay. You like me. My goal is really three. What I do now is like three full days and then two half days because something went, something happened in my life and I'm back to working five days a week and I'm okay with that for now, but that eventually needs to change. And I need to get to a point where I'm just working three days a week and that's enough, but I'm working on that. That is not happening. That is not my current life. That was my life at one point. I'm just wondering, how can I get that back there? Are you wondering that? Like, what's your ideal amount of days to work? Uh-huh. And are you doing that? Well, that's good. I hear some people saying yes. I hear some people saying no. So those of you who are doing it, awesome. And those of you who aren't, you can get to your ideal day. You just need to first think about where you are right now. All right. So how many hours... Do you work? I typically work about 30, 30 to 40 hours. It depends. Lately, because I took on a project with one of my friend's company, my friend's company. Yeah, that's right. That was grammatically correct. I took on a project with one of my friend's company and I love, love, love this project and I love being a part of it. And, um, but it takes up more time on my schedule, which is why I'm not doing my normal three days. It's because of this project, but it's so totally worth it. But it means I'm end up working probably 40 hours a week, like normal people. <laughs> and I don't really like that idea. I really want to work 30, 35, but this is where I am right now. So if you are like me and let's just take it, you know, just say 40, you're probably working more, but let's just say 40, just for this example purposes, then you're probably working about 24. So I'm just going to round that up. Not because I, d I don't think you should. I think you should be more precise. I'm just giving you a framework. So that's why I'm going to round it up because it is going to make the numbers easier for us to discuss, especially as I get towards the end of this and I'm trying to remember what number was what. So this will just make it easier, right? So I said 30% of your day or your week goes to sleep. And now I'm saying that 25% of your day goes to your week, I should say, because not every day you'll be working but goes towards work. So if 25% of your day goes towards work and 30% goes towards sleep, 
you're at like about 55% right now. More than half of your week is gone just sleeping and working. Now, if you're like me and you cook every meal and you have to eat, then that's quite a few hours too. Like it probably takes me 30 minutes to cook in the morning and then another 15, 20 minutes to eat. So I just block off an hour for breakfast, an hour and a half for lunch and like two hours for dinner because, you know, dinner is just more involved. So there's like two hours for dinner, hour and a half. We're at three and a half, another hour for breakfast, four and a half. So I'm just going to put it up to five because of snacks, freaking five hours a day cooking and eating (laughs) is a lot. Have you thought about that? And this happens almost seven days a week. Mm, Yeah. So that's like 35 hours a week that I am cooking and eating. That's like 20% of my week. Wow. How about you? Or maybe you go, maybe you buy more food out prepared already, but eating and cooking I'm kind of putting together because of the way my life works. They usually happen together. And if I split them up, then, you know, it might be like 10% is towards the eating and more time towards the cooking because sometimes cooking takes a while or the other way around. I don't know. I'm just going to put them together. So you might do stuff like that in your life. So right here, we were at 55. I just added 20% more, which took me to 75. So between eating sleeping and work 75% of my week is gone I have 25 left to like have fun and you know spend time with my loved ones and get some me time in Mm, when the heck is that gonna happen right so me time yeah that's important to me because I am a bit of an extrovert I think I would be considered an ambivert but the way that I recharge is like introvert I really need my alone time I really need to just be by myself to let go of everybody else's energy and I spend a lot of time with other people's energy so if I'm gonna get that energy off of me I need time by myself and that doesn't happen nearly enough but I would say I probably get about like an hour a day and that's not really a lot (laughs) right to On the weekends, I can do more, but I would say maybe I'm getting, I'll say 12 hours to myself. How about you? What do you think? And especially like parents out there. I know if you're a parent, sometimes it's tough to get some time by yourself. When we had our grandson, he was by our side all the time unless he was asleep. Like if I go too far, he doesn't really like to play by himself. He can But when he's by himself, he's usually like watching TV or tablet. And I don't really like that. So if you don't want him to watch a tablet, then he's going to need you to hold his attention. And he doesn't necessarily have to do the same thing. Like he might start out coloring and then he'll be like, all right, done with that. And then he wants to play with trucks and then he's done with that. and He wants to play with chalk and then he's done with that. And he wants to play with letters. It's like we move around a lot to different things. I'm okay with that. But that means that that takes time same time so when he was here we spent a lot of time playing (laughs) yeah my schedule was much different it was not this formula (laughs) yeah so I would say about seven percent of my week is like my self-care 
and kind of my self-reflection time. So what else is there? I want you to give some thought to what else you do. Gandhi said, your beliefs become your thoughts. Your thoughts become your words. Your words become your actions. Your actions become your values. Your values become your destiny. So in essence, your beliefs eventually become your destiny. So in order to take control of your destiny, you have to first take control of your beliefs. But here's the thing. Most of us are controlled by our societal programming. Now, you may be asking yourself or me, what's societal programming? Societal programming is all the messages you've heard over and over and over again. Like money doesn't grow on trees or like it's better to give than to receive. Those statements repeated eventually became your beliefs. But you can overcome it. And that's why I created my Path to Prosperity Workshop. Register today. It is the best two hours you will invest in your business and your life. I'll show you what societal programming is, help you gain clarity on your specific programming, and I'll give you a sample hypnotherapy session at the end so you can start breaking through your societal program immediately. Take control of your destiny. Register now. The link is in the show notes so you can get on the path to prosperity. I'll see you there. I'm at like 82% right now and I haven't even had fun yet. Hmm, that's that's not good. (laughs) Now, we usually do a Friday night date. We usually, and that's usually like, maybe like four or five, not five hours, no, that's not true probably like three or four hours. And then we do another one on Saturday. So that's like another three or four hours. I'm kind of mm, sleepyhead. So nine o'clock is as long as I can go. Sometimes I need to be in the bed by 10 o'clock. Seriously, I am not playing. Seriously. So that's like six hours. But then on Sunday, we take this like really long walk. Oh, I forgot working out too. So we work out, I work out four days, Jason works out more, but I work out four days because Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday are my long days and they start earlier. So I don't work out on those days, but Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, I do. And on Sunday, we take this like really long walk, which we would probably consider like a workout, but we kind of multitask it in like our couple's time too. And We do in the morning, we do meditation. So the first part of the morning, that like um, five to like eight o'clock. Well, yeah, five to eight is us. And then eight to nine is when I get my me time. And then then I usually start working on a Monday at 10 o'clock. So 10 to two on a Monday or Friday. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I work from 8 a.m. to like 6 p.m. That's my normal schedule. What's yours? Really think about it. 
Now, maybe you don't have one. And that's why we're having this conversation because you are what you do. So when are you having fun? I mean, it's a question I'm asking myself right now. So if I, I work out, like I just work out like four hours, five hours a, a week, but like four or five hours a week. So that's really not a lot of time focused on my, my workout. That's like maybe 2% of my week. Yeah. But I mean, it is what it is. And I actually feel good about it. I could do more, you know, I could work out a little bit more, but I like that four days a week and being off on the days that I'm going to be working harder because it just, it just works for me. Might not work for you, but it works for me. Cause I know some people like Jason is working out quite often. He think he just, he's done five or six days. No, no, six or seven days. I mean to say, so yeah, sometimes he will work out every day, but I just, it's not for me right now. There have been times, there have been times where I worked out twice a day. Mm-hmm. I remember those days I was cut up. Oh, this body. Yeah. It's not the same body, <laughs> but um, my point is your, you formula will change. So be okay with that. Like be unapologetic if you're doing what's right for your life at this particular time. Okay. So I talked about sleep. I talked about work. I talked about my eating and cooking routines, my self-care routine, my workout routine. So our couple time, I talked about that, but I didn't come up with any numbers. So our couple time, I would say, like I said, we spend about six hours on dates and then we spend a lot of times together, kind of multitasking. So our workout time is also our couple time and our meditation time. We meditate for 20 minutes twice a day. My meditation time is about 40 minutes, but I'm just going to put an hour in here to hold the space. So that to me is super important. That seven hours that I'm stating, because even though meditating for 20 minutes a day, twice a day, that time just, man, it adds so much value to my life, like so much value. And I wouldn't even, I couldn't survive. I couldn't survive without it but that's so weird that so I got I have seven percent in self-care but my meditation time is kind of self-care too and my workout time is kind of self-care as well but I'm separating them out so later we can add them all up to see I would say about I guess four percent and that's on the high end four percent to my meditation and because I don't usually meditate for longer than 20 minutes. It's just the, you know, the way I meditate. And I'm going to add that up. I am really curious as to where I am. I'm just talking. So let's see, let's add this up and see where we are. Because I think that we are getting really close to 100% and we can't go over 100%. Because you know how people say, give 110%. That's the freaking problem. That is why we are burnt out. There is no such thing as 110%. No, not in energy. There is no such thing. If you've been giving 110%, well, my darling, now you know why you burn out. Because there is no such thing. So if you have, stop it. Stop it now. Okay. 
If that has been your focus, I'm going to give you said those words. I'm going to give it 110%. I'm going to ask you to stop saying those words. I need you to stop it right now. It's so important. I need you to give your all 100%. And I need you to give that all at the particular amount that you have in that moment, right? So I don't give my all on Monday to work. I just don't. I give part of my all <laughs> or I give my all, but for four or five hours and that's it. And Friday is an optional day for me. I try to keep that day as light as possible, but I, I allow myself to work as many as five hours, but I don't have to, I don't have to work at all on a Friday. I give myself permission to take off on Fridays. I don't always do it, but I give myself permission to do it if I want to. No more 110%, give your all, but give your all whatever it is that you have in that moment. Going back to the four agreements, Don Miguel Ruiz says, always do your best, but your best will change and your best is different. So like when my grandson was in town, my best for work was different than my best when he isn't here and I can completely tune in and focus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so if you are experiencing a cold, your all is not going to be the same all as when you're at 100% healthy. Yeah, just think about it like that. So let's finish this U formula. So I talked about my sleep, my work, my eating and cooking routines, my self-care, my workout, my meditation. Oh, I never did finish our couple time because I started seeing where, where we overlap. And that's okay if you overlap some things. And then you're going to say, oh, but then can I... I then there is going to be 110%. It could be, but I don't want you to add it that way. So just round and narrow down. I said that we go on a date on Friday and Saturday, which is about six to eight hours on a date. Sunday, we spend a lot of time together on Sunday, but I'm not going to just add up that whole day because sometimes cleaning up, you know, he's cleaning up, I'm cleaning the bathrooms, the living room, the kitchen or whatever, you know, and so we're not together in that time. So I'm not going to add that up, but I would say in, I want the hours that are intentionally us. So we get about a good hour in the morning, but that overlaps with our workout. Oh, we get two hours in the morning. I'm sorry. That kind of overlaps with our workout and our meditation. So I'm not going to count those. So I'm going to say about, I'll say 10 total. I would say 10 hours a week minus our self-care stuff. So that's going to make my number sound a little low, but I'm okay with that because I do know we have some overlap there. I'm just going to round that to about 6% is couple time. And now we don't have family here in Vegas. My family is in Chicago. So we need to travel, but we're not traveling on a weekly basis. We're traveling like on a monthly basis or every other couple of months. We also have friends that we like together with another couple that we love so much. And then I have friends that I like to get together with and spend some, some girl time or just get on the phone with like my best friend lives in Chicago. So I don't get to see her as much. Maybe every time I go to Chicago, of course, and then she might come where I am visit me once a year or something like that but I am just going to get on the phone so that friend time or social time is important too now that it really is not happening honestly it's probably two or three hours a week 
Yeah, that's pretty bad. So, but I'm going to go up. I'm going to say four hours a week. Mm -hmm. I really think I should say 2%. I think Jason will probably say higher because he thinks that I spend more time than I really do talking to people. But sometimes I get calls a lot and I'm the type of person that people reach out to for help. So I get those calls and I think he wouldn't say it if he knew, but I think when I get those calls, I don't consider those the friend calls because friend calls to me are when we're just like, Hey girl, or like, Hey guy. And like, what's up? And then we're just talking like, Oh, did you, did you see this? And Oh yeah. Have you seen that movie? And what, what were you doing? What are we doing last week or whatever like that? Not like solving a problem or figuring something out because that's work to me. Even if I'm not getting paid for it, it's still effort. I don't count those. So I'm going to say 2% of my time goes to my social life outside of my love life. Yeah, that's low. I could probably increase that. I could probably do a better job with that. How about you? Where are you when it comes to your friend time? Are you doing a good job with that? Do you get to hang out with your friends, your boys, your girls? Or is it family time? Is that it for you? Is that all you get? Yeah, it's like that sometimes. It really is. I've been talking to my sister a lot more lately and that's feeling really good. So I just say like, write that down. So for me, I think we were at like 88. So probably I'm at like 90% and there's like 10% left. One of the things that happens is a lot of times people do this exercise and they can't figure out what it is that they do. And so they, they might be at like 70%. They have 30% left. And they're like, I do not feel like I have 30% of my time left. So me with 10% left right now, and I'm kind of like, oh, what else? What else? I can't think. You know, I'm not counting little things like the drive time to places. And that's not little, but because I don't drive to work, it is little to me. Now, if you were in your car driving to work every day, maybe some of you still do that. It seems so ancient now to drive to work. And because even before COVID. I've been working from home since 2016. So that's a really long time. Five years is a really long time. I like it, but I love it. And, and so I don't drive a lot. So I'm not in my car a lot, but you know, grocery shopping, I still do that. I don't order my groceries. I want to go in the store. I want to pick my, I eat so much vegetables. I think it's a lot easier to order your groceries when you, one, even don't care about what vegetable this person picks for you or when you are eating like can or box food. And I am not the least amount of can or box food as possible, like our pasta or whatever, which is gluten-free. <laughs> but really lately we've been doing like, we do some spaghetti squash. I've been doing that for a while. Spaghetti squash instead of pasta. Hearts of palm pasta. We have this rice, no, no, bean noodle pasta that's pretty cool that we like a lot but I'm so digressed anyway just think about that what are some of those little things that you just don't even think about that go into your day because that's taking up some time and even though those big numbers like sleep and work when they're at like 30% and 25% and how like eating and cooking was 20% of my life what a guest that's one of the things I will be putting off. I'm just looking for the right place, but I do a lot of meal prep, but I want somebody else to do the meal prepping and cooking. 
and the cleaning, I guess I need to do, but because I could hire somebody, but I can't hire somebody to come every day. And I like to clean up every single day. Like I like my house clean every day. And I guess I can. That was my language. Yes. Thank you for correcting my language on that. I can do that. I'll get to that. I am not there right now. So I am a vibrational match with having my house cleaned every day. And I'm getting to a point where I can do that. All right. That's the language that I need to use. And that's another thing we're going to talk about. I really want to pour into you this year. Like that is so important to me, me giving you all of these things that we do in session, but in a way that is going to help you remember that this is not hard. It's not hard. You're just choosing not to do it. A life of peace, a life of clarity, harmony, confidence, That life is possible. Just make a little effort to watch what you're doing. Awareness, 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 awareness. What are you doing? What are you doing with your life? That's a question that I ask all the time. What are you doing with your life? And and people think I mean a whole entire life. I really just mean this moment, this moment in your life. What are you doing? And is that moment important? So by doing this, you're going to take a look at What is it that are you doing some things that you really love in your life? Now, I want you to start putting things on your calendar if you don't already. I put everything on my calendar, everything, even the eating and cooking thing that I talked about. Everything is on my calendar. So my calendar looks really full and I like it like that because I like to see what all I have to do. This way, I don't overdo it because if I'm going to need to spend an hour and a half cooking lunch and eating it, I actually have to block that off on my schedule. I have to, and I need my 20 minutes for meditation. Yeah. So that's important. And it's important that you get clear on the needs. Like, what do you really need to happen in your day? And is it happening? And get really clear on what's not happening, what is happening, and what you want to happen. Because those might be two different things. And that's what this U formula might help you discover. It may help you discover what you need to delete out of your life. So that comes to the second part of this exercise. I cannot even believe that I've talked this long. I'm so sorry. I hope you got all I was trying to give you because (laughs) this exercise is so important. And I know I've been like preaching and talking and giving you this example, but I really think it's valuable. And I think without giving you all the examples I gave you from my own life, of course, I did some tangents too, but I think this is what's going to make it possible for you to do it because usually somebody's doing it with me exercise does not take a long time it just takes a long time when you don't have me to ask questions of so here you go step by step one you're gonna take out your pen or paper two just make a list of the things that you remember that you do and try and get them in order of the things that you do the most and the things you do the least of like my phone friend time then after you do that Start counting it up. So how much time do you spend sleeping? And you're going to take that number, seven hours, 
times the seven days. And then you're going to divide that, the 49, by 168 so that you can get your percentage, which came out to 29, but I rounded it up to 31 because I might sleep a little longer here or there. And two, because I wanted to make sure that it was easy to calculate these numbers. And then as you calculate those things, the sleep, the work, the cooking, cleaning, you know, your self-care, your workout, your meditation, your family time, your couple time, which needs to be separate. You can't always be with the kids. Mom and dad need their time alone and your friend time. And yes, you do need your friend times. Ladies need their friends and men need their friends as well. So if you're not getting to hang out with them, you know, a valuable piece of your life missing. And so you're just going to write all those things down in each one of those. You're going to divide by 168 so you can get the percentage that you're spending during those times. And then you're going to add it all up. So for me, it was like 30, 25, 27, two, four, six, two. And I think I got to 90 in this episode and I probably can add, I know that there's 10 more percent. I'm not chilling <laughs> enough. So I can add a lot more chilling back into my day. And so that's what I think I'll do with that 10% that I just discovered is just to be during that time. And I haven't been doing that. I kind of been on a go since April. Yeah. I mean, nonstop, bam, 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 since April, maybe even March. You know what? Yeah, even March. Mm -hmm. Part of March and most, and the whole entire month of April, the whole entire month of May was full. And pretty much this whole month of June is full as well. July kind of semi-full. August, I have friends coming in town, so I'll be able to increase that friend time. So it's the other thing. Your U formula is going to increase over time and decrease in areas over time. So be conscious of that. Be ready for that awareness. No judgment of it. It doesn't matter. You don't have to judge it. And also accept it. Accept that sometimes you're going to spend more time with friends and away from work. Sometimes you're going to spend a few more hours sleeping. Remember I said when the weather changes or when the time zone change, I sleep more. I used to kind of beat myself up about that. I used to kind of beat myself up about that. I mean, not like beat myself up, but I'm kind of like, what are you doing? Come on, get up. Why are you sleeping eight hours? What's wrong? I used to like check in and see if something was wrong, but it really wasn't. It's just after a while, I collect the data. You know, that's what we say here at Presidential Lifestyle. You get that clarity from how you collect, analyze, and utilize the data in your life. This is the data in your life utilize it, utilize it to tell yourself to stop doing this so much and start doing this more and continue where you are right here. Like I think my sleep hours, 30% of my time going to sleep, nothing changed there. Even my meditation time. I don't think I need more meditation. I'm good there. But like I said, I think I could get more friend time in my life, even more self-care time. Just chill out, relax, and don't try to give 110% because you will burn out. All right, that's your U formula. Go ahead and try it yourself. You can write it in a notebook that you're going to keep because that way you can refer back to it as it adjusts over time. 
let it adjust. Just become aware of it. Be with it. Make it intentional. All right. And let me know if you have questions. But this you formula is the formula that makes up you. And you can decide what that is. Just like you decide what clothes to put on each morning. You can decide how you want to show up in the world. This is the doing. The being is super important. But you at least want to look at the doing since the doing is happening so much in your life. You want to get really clear and you want to accept it. But you want to control it. You have complete control over how you spend your day. So take it. I know some of you are going to say you don't and that's okay. Some of you don't have a friend. Her son completely makes control over her day. He takes control over her day. He tells her where to be and where not to be and where to show up. You can figure this out. You can do this. All right. So that's our episode for today. If you have any questions, you can email me at podcast at presidentiallifestyle.com. Other than that, I will see you next week. Let me know how your you formula goes. Let me know what you adjust and what you keep the same. Let me know what surprised you. Quite interested. All right. Well, I'll talk to you sooner. See you next week, my prosperos. Hey there. I know you want to become a prosperity pro. And one of the ways to do that is to take our money mentality quiz. Now at Presidential Lifestyle, we call your money personality, your money mentality. And we've learned that your money mentality is your money reality, whether you deserve it or not. Now in my years of clinical practice, I found there are seven money mentality types. Do you know your money mentality? Well, you should because not knowing it could be holding you back from getting to your next level financially. Maybe you're a spender or a saver, or you could be an enthusiast or a hero. Now, I know you may not have heard of the last two, but if you take the quiz, you'll find out your money mentality. It's easy, fun, and only takes three minutes because you already know all the answers. Take the money mentality quiz. It'll help you name your money personality so you can tame your thoughts, feelings, and actions around money. So go ahead take the quiz. The link is in the show notes and you might even want to share it with a friend. Thanks for listening all the way to the end, my prosperity pro. I want to stay connected with you. Here are four ways. Pick the one that works best for you. If you want to stay connected with me. One, if you have any questions, I'd love to answer them. Send them to podcast at presidentiallifestyle.com. I'd love it if you would make a one or two minute audio message and attach it to an email. That'd be the easiest way for me to get it. Ask me anything about creating a life of meaning over money and I'll get you an answer. Remember the email address is podcast at presidentiallifestyle.com. Two, subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends because you guys might want to have a discussion about it, especially if they're a CEO who wants to shift from the old American dream to a life of meaning. Three, we try not to have any 
sponsors on this show unless they are truly in line with our values. I mean, really a good fit. So that means we fund this podcast ourselves. I'd like you to take a look at our resource page to see if there's any products or services that we recommend that are right for you. If not, no worries, maybe later. If so, please use our affiliate link to purchase. Thank you in advance for doing that. You are such an amazing person. Okay, four and last. If you want to know what's happening over here at Presidential Lifestyle and you want us to email you the update, then go to presidentiallifestyle.com slash blog slash now. And you'll see the current updated blog for the week, but you'll also see a link to subscribe to that blog. We can email it to you if you like. That's presidentiallifestyle.com slash blog slash now. Don't worry. You don't have to remember that link or any links. They're all in the show notes. Oh, and I forgot to say, if you're enjoying this podcast, go ahead and leave us a review and tell us how much you're enjoying it. And now for the legalese. This podcast is not to replace professional counsel. The best advice is from a professional who knows you and your specific situation. The topics discussed in this podcast are general in nature and for informational or entertainment purposes only. We encourage you to meet with a professional that you can discuss your specific situation with. Whether you choose us or someone else, one-on-one counsel is important, whether it's a financial, therapeutic, legal, or other decision. So that's all for now. I'll see you next episode. And remember, you can have wealth in all of its forms. Believe it, and you'll soon see it.